Say, Law 360's weekly podcast. I'm your host, Amber McKinney, and I'm here with my great co-hosts, Bill Donahue. Hello, hello. And Alex Lawson. Hey, guys. So we're recording this show a little bit early because it's the Thanksgiving week. Mm-hmm. Every year we have what I think is now an official tradition. I think so. Where yeah. we replay some of our best offbeat Clips. Welcome to Turkey Talk. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah. This is this is where we play our favorite offbeat segments, and it's also where we behind the scenes do a little tap dance of hoping of hoping that this can hold up and something insane doesn't happen in the news cycle. That's like right. A, we do both. A Supreme yep. Court justice has a bungee jumping mishap or something. <laughs> uh, um, but barring that, we yeah. have settled on four of our favorite offbeat segments. We're mm-hmm. going to replay those because they're really fun. We think it's a light way to, on this holiday week. But we also have some updates about some of them. We do. So we'll yeah. have a little yeah. news interspersed there as well. So let's kick off with the first one. We like to end our show with something offbeat, and Bill, I think you have a good one for us this week. Yeah, we're talking about Selena and Barnes, everyone's favorite uh, injury attorneys here in New York City. A fixture of the New York uh, TV scene. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows the song, you know. Um, Selena and Barnes, injury attorneys, 800-888-8888. Don't wait, call eight. Call eight like your life depends on it. (laughs) So we all know Selena and Barnes. So I can't remember if we talked about it on the show, but back in 2017, say it ain't so, Selena and Barnes started splitting up. That's really sad. I mean, mean, even even the Beatles broke up. So, you know. Felt like all of New York's parents were getting divorced. Very much so. And, uh, but so now, last week, um, Ross Selena's wife and daughter. Uh, we're hit with a trademark infringement lawsuit from the old firm because they have set up a new firm called Salino and Salino LLP. Well, oh, this sounds right. like the potential for some confusion in the marketplace, Bill. Not to not to Great. throw around terms that I don't quite understand the way, the way you do. <laughs> You're you you really nailed that. Okay, cool. Thanks. I'm very proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So now we've got this situation where. Um, Stephen Barnes, on behalf of the continuing to exist firm, because the the uh-huh. lawsuit from yeah. splitting up the firm is pending, um, he filed this lawsuit against Selino's wife Anna Marie and their daughters Anne Marie and Gina, saying that this new name of this firm is going to confuse people into um, rather than calling eight, they will uh, they'll call the new the new Selino firm, right. which is also going they to be a call personal seven, injury firm. They could call five. <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's a it's a hornet's nest of, of legal liability. And I mean, also to, to, everyone in that family is a lawyer. Completely. Yeah, I love that. A little Selino legal empire yeah. brewing in, in in Manhattan. To be clear, we ninety five percent of why we chose to to talk about this story is so that we could play the jingle, but... And sing it together. And, and, and there's some just, interesting stuff here. Uh, you know, under New York State law, you... Well, this is the... The, the defense of the Salino and Salino people is that under state ethics rules, state bar rules, you need to use your name in law firms, like the, yeah. that there's some requirement um, to, to have your name involved. On the flip side, there's no, like, trademark right to, there's no right to use your name if your name is also a trademark. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. if you run, like, if if your name is like Fred McDonald, like, you're not allowed to open up a chain of burger restaurants called McDonald's. Like, that's not <laughs> yes. how it works. Like, you don't have this like did you like, just cheat code. recap part of the plot of um, coming to America? Yes, that's basically. <laughs> wow, what just yeah. happened. Recall there. <laughs> nice. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it's I, there's not a whole lot else to say they're, other than I'm excited for the Salino and Salino commercials. Yeah, they're they're, they're suing under the too many Salinos doctrine. And I, uh, <laughs> Salino I, I, and Salino, definitely precedential. Injury attorneys, this one doesn't make as much sense. <laughs> there you go. Nice. I mean, it's it's honestly 
it feels bad to to dredge up this like really bitter dispute around the holidays again, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that's our version of a Christmas carol, us singing the Selena and Selena jingle. So uh, we're getting I, in the spirit. Listening back, I thought we were a little flat. Um I I yeah, gotta I, say well, I, I understand. Thought, I I mean I thought I sounded great. I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought maybe you guys could use a little work. Well, we're um, harmonizing. We're all kind of all in it together, but whatever. You know, the only totally updates fine. we have on this one since it happened, the, uh, the the case that we were talking about there got eventually got got tossed out by a judge. They ruled that um, uh, that Barnes couldn't sue, couldn't file a derivative suit on behalf of the firm that he didn't have. So it's it actually raised interesting interesting sort of legal angles about that. Um, and then uh, the the the, ba- the big like actual dispute between the two is still pending. Um, there's like a big appellate court ruling uh, pending, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I, have you guys heard the 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 Salino and Barnes commercials? Are they still going? Like, I, um, well, the thing is, like, it's just so it's so like ethereal. It's kind of like always in my head, and yeah. I can't I can't remember if I've actually actively seen one in the last whatever two years, wherever bubbled up. Also, we live in a world now with. Um, you know, DVRs and TiVo That's and true. all of that. So mm-hmm. I so rarely see actual commercials. I mm-hmm. only catch commercials of like Andrew's in the other room watching sports. So he's right. watching it live. Everything right. else, I just fast forward through everything. Well, right. it lives on in our hearts anyway. That's um, true. Uh, should we move on? Yep. Well, okay. So 2019 uh, had a lot of legal news. We'll do a full recap show at the end of the year like we always do. But for us on Pro Se, it was really a boom time for. Uh, sports stories in the offbeat part of the show. Sure. And I did want to highlight uh, one of them, which we really liked quite a bit, which is the the harrowing tale of uh, Houston Astros legend Jeff Bagwell uh, fighting a, uh, a, a hefty bill for some landscaping work he had done. Sure. People are always fighting a hefty bill. Yes. Uh, the, well, uh, <laughs> I mean that's that that that's what you and I are doing, and then Amber has to has to uh, step in. But in any right. case, uh, yeah, uh, he was trying to get his lawn to look really badass, and uh, various legal uh, uh, legal pitfalls uh, emerged. We like to end our show with something offbeat and more sports. I hear you. You hear correctly. Uh, the baseball playoffs are starting up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very exciting, and there's uh, we have a little bit of a legal entanglement for uh, Hall of, uh, Houston Astros Hall of Fame first baseman Jeff Bagwell. Uh, Bill, you're a student of baseball. You got any like just brief Jeff Bagwell takes before we get into the story here? I mean, he had a fun stance. Yeah, everybody imitated the stance. Yeah, I watched sure. him a lot because the Astros were in, were in the same division as the Cubs for for that stretch. Oh, that's there. right. I forgot they so, were in the NL. I saw him a lot. Yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, I think he had like a 949 OPS or something. Good. Yeah, he was. Good at baseball. Yeah, good career. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, uh, he he has gotten himself involved in a dispute with uh, some West Houston landscapers who claim that Bagwell stiffed them on part of a $1.5 million bill he racked up uh, during his quest to turn uh, the half-acre lot on which his home sits into a, quote, badass yard. <laughs> That's, he is oh in. He gosh. is in a dispute over landscaping fees. Do you think that? Do you, know, you, th- do you think that off screen, some uh, there was a similar dispute like this in Field of Dreams? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, do you hear about that? Well, because I yeah. feel like we've got a real like uh, trend going here on the show of celebrities, particularly athletes, who rack up bills that seem truly outrageous. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this was the the, the actual uh, amount in dispute is a little bit lower. W- 1.5 million was just like the the total project of this lawn work uh, done by this company called F&G Landscape Design. They were working on Jeff Bagwell's house in Texas. Um 
And uh, yeah, it was about a $1.5 million sort of lawn overhaul. Um, the company claims that he has not paid them $166,000 invoice. Bagwell, on the other side, claims that they actually overcharged him and they owe him $300,000. Wow. So, um, but the thing that kind of keeps popping up, the um, the jury, the uh, trial started in Texas on, uh, uh, started this week, and uh, on Tuesday, uh, the attorney, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, this is like, so stupid, um, <laughs> the they're, they're quoting uh, Bagwell in these opening statements. Sure. So um, <laughs> the attorney was a guy named David Fetner, and he is um, representing the company. And this is what he told the jury in the opening. He wanted to make it badass. And as he worked to make this property badass, he relied on F&G to help him in that endeavor. Um, so <laughs> here's the thing. They keep... Sort of painting this picture of like them coming to Bagwell and him saying, "That looks badass." Uh, and the Bagwells, on the other hand, say like these suspicious invoices started popping up for this enormous lawn project, and no one really knows. And, and they're like, "Oh, we don't know where this is coming from. We're getting we're getting you know bilked here." Um, I get the general contours of what we're talking about here, but every time we talk about a badass lawn, I'm imagining like what what does he have? Is it like pyrotechnics in his backyard? Well, What's yeah. going on? Well, here? part of the reason a motocross it, track. Yeah, it, there you go. Nothing, yeah. can, nothing can be ruled out. That that they didn't go into like exactly the details of what was planned, but the reason it got so expensive is that during the course of the project, this happened over like several years. Bagwell bought the plot, like the half acre plot of land next to his house, uh -huh. demolished the house that was sitting on it to turn it into his like lawn empire. I feel like Bagwell's got too much time on his hands. We got to get this guy. I mean, what if by badass what he really meant was like a very serene koi pond and Maybe. like a zen garden? I don't know if that costs you that much money though. I couldn't say. Um, uh, anyway, uh, uh, Bagwell's um, lawyer um, said a landscaping expert will testify later Love it. Uh, that the uh, the $1.5 million bill was beyond the scope of what could reasonably be charged for the work that was done. Can't wait to see what a landscape expert like what what's entailed in that? I love the idea of uh, you know we always see like economists and yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, engineers yeah. and yeah. I love the idea of one of those shops that having like a landscape expert on staff and he's just he never gets the call definitely. And <laughs> I also just really like that we're a group of people living in the New York City area. Where oh we're yeah, like, I mean it's a pipe dream. One point five million dollar lawn. What's even <laughs> happening? No. What is that? Um, the uh, I'll I'll just leave you with this because this is profoundly strange. Uh, the one of the the co owner of the land. Landscaping company is a guy named Kevin Gruber, uh, and he and he took the um, he he took the stand uh, and 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 gave a quote. This is this is a quote. Wait wait wait. Sorry. What you're gonna? Well, I saw you. Yeah. What the guy has the same last name as the bad guy from Die Hard, <laughs> yeah, and, you're not, and you're not gonna remark on it or even pause to let me remark on it. There you go. You've you you've remarked. I mean, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, he's responding to this general allegation that like the Bagwells were kind of left in the. In the dark about this, like they said, they, these invoices just kept popping up. This is what this is what Kevin, not Hans Gruber, said uh, on the uh, on the stand. We talked about his house on a daily basis. He'd say, "This is badass." <laughs> so I felt we not only solved the problems with his yard, but we did fulfill his dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Great, amazing. Great. Uh, I don't know what else there is to say about that. I mean, I feel like it's been quite a badass show, guys. Tortious interference with badassery. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so anyway, that's what's going on with Jeff Bagwell. I mean, before you give us any updates, Alex, I will just say, 
listening back to that, it's like when you're watching Saturday Night Live and something's like kind of funny, but it's funnier when the person breaks and you did break at one point in that saying that like, oh, this is, well, this I mean, is dumb. We needed like a thing just <laughs> ticking off how many times we said badass sure. during that yeah. segment. Yeah. Well, the, that's, that's going to come up again when we talk about another segment and just like how fun it was to say one specific thing, which we'll get to. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just keep having the vision of like, of like you know full dad mode Jeff Bagwell getting approached by these landscapers and be like yeah it looks pretty good uh, <laughs> but we do have some updates like you said Amber so literally on the day we recorded that segment um, we got a verdict in the case yeah. uh, in favor of the landscapers so Jeff Bagwell uh, vanquished by mm-hmm. the uh, by the landscapers in court uh, he was ordered uh, as I said in the segment he was ordered to pay them one hundred and sixty six thousand dollars of the remaining lawn work bill plus ninety five thousand dollars in legal fees um, did get some interesting color uh, in local coverage from the Houston Chronicle. Uh, This is from the Chronicle. As they exited the courthouse, a male and female on the jury said that no one on the panel had been particularly starstruck by the defendant. Both jurors declined to give their names, but the woman offered an explanation for their mindset. We like him, and we are fans, but we had to be fair, too. And that's that's really the way the jury system is supposed to work. Really took their duty... Seriously. Yeah. Well, I, I, I also happy think, to hear that. Yeah, and I also just think it's funny that there, there's a little cell phone in there of well, not cell phone, but an own of of Jeff Bagwell. Like, yeah, they they weren't really starstruck by him. Like, <laughs> he's 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 well regarded in the community, but we're not going to keep it's not going to keep them from discharging their 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 civic duty. So that's what's going on there. Our uh, our next story stays in Texas, I think. It right? does. Yeah, oh, I yeah. want to take us back to April when we talked about. A Texas civil court judge who accidentally resigned. Yes. I mean, that's 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 the dream, really. I accidentally resigned. <laughs> For our offbeat today, guys, I want to talk about mistakes. And we all make them. Yeah, it's true. Well, we do, but <laughs> some are bigger than others, and a judge recently made one that was really troublesome. Who he, are we to judge, you know? <laughs> well, he accidentally resigned after only three months on the job. I mean, you can attest. I accidentally quit all the time. I've been trying to accidentally resign from Law 360 for a while. Uh, yeah, I won't, guy... okay. I won't allow it. I won't allow those accidental well, resignations. How, well, what's this guy's secret? Well, what in the world happened here? He's a Harris County, Texas civil court judge. His name's Bill McLeod. And he was elected in 2018, just sworn in this January. Okay. He recently posted that he planned to run for the state Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So that seems an like admirable no big career deal. goal for yourself, I well, suppose. It's a, it's yeah, a, you know, a fast track. You ha- know? Have aspirations, put them out into the world. Sure. Uh, but there's a problem. The Texas Constitution says if you declare something like that, it constitutes a resignation from the bench. <laughs> okay. Uh, wait. So he he said this like in like a social media post yeah he's just um, like public or if you publicly declare it exactly you're so either way bankruptcy. Bankruptcy. <laughs> yes, yes. yeah so his declaration was online but yeah okay. it's if you publicly declare what if you so say it what if, under, you, like, what if you say well, it to your wife in your shower to yourself if you declare for that you're gonna run for the state supreme court and no one hears it did you really declare it <laughs> So the way this works is that um, county judges and other court officials, they can announce their candidacy for other offices if they, the key is they have to have less than a year and 30 days left in their current term. Okay. He obviously just Because he just, he just got the job. Um, so if you announce those plans earlier in your term, like this guy who had just started, it's an automatic resignation. I wonder, I mean, I don't. I don't have Sam Houston's number here or whoever. That's actually probably the, the real... totally wrong date. I wonder what the idea was behind it. Such a provision. It seems just maybe to prevent, like, you know, to prevent early electioneering. Yeah, probably. Uh, it just is kind of like, you, 
Like there, there's no like people. I, I guess I'm in you're like you're you get used to the idea of people, especially in political offices, just being right. like, yeah, I'll seek office for this or this, and they're still nominally in their job. I mean, I think for a lot of people, the idea of elected judges in general is a strange True. concept. And also, yeah. it would keep elected judges, like you said, early electioneering, and also sort of. This guy, I mean, he denounced this like a couple months after you take one bench, you're already saying that you're the real one foot out the job and want to want to move on. The real double whammy here is uh, like not only is he now out of a job, but like he's infamous for like a yeah, judge like who didn't understand the state constitution. Could, could look at your next job. Like he's, it's not going to help you get the next. He's going to get the yeah. state supreme court, then he's going to want to run for president or something. So, <laughs> so this automatic resignation is. A real thing in their constitution, okay. and it, it applies to him. But there's a chance he could stay on the bench in his current uh, position. County commissioners could appoint him to fill his own vacancy until there's a special election. Okay, so it would basically keep him in place. Um, so as you can imagine, since this all started with some online chatter, it's there's a bunch of social media stuff about it right now. Um, in Texas, there's a bunch of Facebook groups and and other things on Twitter, that kind of stuff calling on these county commissioners to keep them in place. And their logic behind those is the the voters in Texas elected this guy. They didn't anticipate for him to get sure. caught in this way. Sure. It wasn't any wrongdoing. He just didn't know about this provision. So I mean, I would argue that not knowing about a state constitutional provision as a judge is, you know, that's yeah, it's it does seem problematic. So there's obviously a debate going on about what to do about his position. I wonder if he takes similar leniency to people who didn't know about like criminal statutes. Something like, about ignorance you know, gonna, and, and, and an excuse for breaking the law. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on his like drug docket. That'll That's true. Yeah. yeah. For me, the takeaway is uh, less ambition. Just don't, uh, you don't need to try for anything Honestly, else. as your boss, love hearing it. Love hearing that <laughs> oh. your takeaway from a story is less ambition. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I think we are out of time. We are definitely out of time. Let's leave it there, guys. Cool. So I, I love this one for a lot of reasons. It's yeah. just such an interesting story. But we actually have quite a few updates to this. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we talked about was how his supporters had hoped he might be able to stay on the bench. And it turns out he did not get to hang on to yeah. his seat. Um, the Harris County Commissioner's Court, that's the body that got to decide what to do here. Who's, who's watching the watchman there, <laughs> yeah. ju- judging the judges. So there was a pretty contentious three to two vote that rejected his pleas to stay on the bench and they appointed a new judge in his place. Um, one of the things we talked about quite a bit when we first brought this story to everybody was the idea of, of Judge McLeod not knowing part of the state constitution. Yeah. That came up at this um, county commissioner's court hearing and it was a, I, I'm just picture this in my mind as a yeah. very sort of funny moment. Like, hey, Judge, about that constitutional yeah. thing. Yeah, so here's what he said. He held up a big, thick stack of papers. Love and, a prop. Yep, and this was the quote. This is the Texas Constitution. It's got 496 amendments. It's over 87,000 words. It's the second largest state constitution in our union. And I'm sorry, I didn't have it down. I mean, they say everything's bigger in Texas. That includes the actual constitution of the state. So, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. not, I mean, ultimate, arguably, I mean, clearly, there's somewhere else. What other place would bigger? Who could say? <laughs> who could say what it is? Um, so, ultimately, the the one of the judges that voted um, to keep him out of the job said that the real problem was that the county commissioners now have control over whether or not he stays or goes, and yeah. it makes him essentially an at will employee. And so, it takes away the independence of the judiciary if they have that. Like kind of hanging over his head. So they said just to clear up all of that confusion, he had to go. Um, and then there's just a couple other little updates I wanted to throw in here. After everything happened, 
the judge updated his own website um, that was part of his campaign website. And he penned this note about losing his bench after 120 days. So it really puts in perspective that he wasn't there very long. He thanks his supporters, you know, the kind of thing you'd expect. But I've included a picture for you guys um, that yeah, our listeners can't see, but I'd like to describe to them. Uh, it is signed with one of those, looks like one of those like electronic signatures, but at an angle Yeah, yeah. Um, with the judge's name. And underneath it are three emojis. Yeah. The shooting star, a blue heart, and a tornado. This does look like it was done by your sort of eccentric, like third grade teacher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the tornado is the one that really throws me. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure what that's supposed Te- to Texas, mean. I guess. I mean, I, I guess. Texas and Oklahoma have tornado country. I mean, I don't really know. Uh, I, um, yeah, not unclear to me. Rank, rank speculation on my part. Doesn't know I have his no way idea. around the Constitution. Does know <laughs> emojis fairly well. Sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, this may come into play later because this is probably not the last we're going to hear from this judge. He has told uh, reporters that he's going to run again for his former seat in Love 2020. It. Love it. Hope he's uh, brushing up. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's got a lot of reading to do. Uh, but the last one, um, you know, you just, a lot of this stuff arises. The last one was about a social media mishap. Oh, sure. This is really some kind of social media mishap. That's it deals right. with um, Elon Musk and uh, his accusations of pedophilia uh, on uh in the direction of a hero spelunker. Just, it's a sentence. That's a crazy sentence. It's a yeah. sentence you don't hear every day. I'm, and I'm happy to hear it. And we're going to hear it again. We like to end our show with something offbeat. And Elon Musk is what we're talking about today. Yeah, the uh, the legal travails of the Tesla CEO, Elon Musk. Who I feel like he could be offbeat almost any given week. Well, he's a he's an, he's an interesting character. Um just generally. Uh you know, I I think I remember he he got in trouble with the SEC cuz he talked about he he tweeted about taking Tesla public, yep. which you're not supposed to do before you actually do that like in a filing and stuff like that. Um anyway, this is a much more interesting thing than some boring SEC uh violation. Um uh Musk is currently in the midst of a defamation lawsuit against um the guy uh who uh, a man who we have termed in our coverage as the heroic spelunker who <laughs> led the rescue of a uh, of a uh, Thai uh, boys soccer team from a cave last year. Before we this? even go forward with why there's a defamation case between those two people, uh, Alex, will you ever do something good enough to have a moniker like that? In the press, Hero- like heroic spelunker. Yeah, we so yeah good. we have hero or heroic spelunker in our coverage, which is just like amazing. Um, anyway, so uh, the guy the guy who sued Musk is named um, Vernon Unsworth, and him and Musk got into it uh, last summer, summer 2018. Um, after Unsworth was part of the team that led the rescue of this uh, soccer team that was yeah, stuck, the whole world was that was like watching it was that. submerged in a cave, um, and it was like a really I mean it was. It was life and death there for a little bit, but once, once, um, and we're we're going to talk about this in a jokey way, but once you know the rescue operation was completed, yeah, um, him and Musk started getting into this sort of tug of war on Twitter about Musk had at one point during the process like sort of made an overture to uh, put on loan one of these like underground uh, or one of these like cutting edge submarines to help with the the rescue effort. Yeah, um, I remember this happening because at that point he was like, we don't need this. And Unsworth accused him. maniac like He accused him of grandstanding. Yeah. It's like, this is a serious thing and you're trying to just kind of insert yourself into it. And then at one point on Twitter, uh, Musk called Unsworth pedo guy. Uh, he called him a pedo guy. Well, I see where the defamation comes and, up. And <laughs> uh, Unsworth, who is a fairly like sort of anonymous person at this point, 
uh, was like, he, he, he sued him for defamation in California state court, uh, or California federal court, rather. And that's where we are today. Um, and it's been very interesting. Like a lot of defamation cases, I was, I was going through the filings today. And, you know, it's all the normal stuff of like, yeah. hey, I was... I was joking around and like it's Twitter where people are popping off all the time. Yeah, when you mentioned that you wanted to talk about this one, I did read some coverage of it and it seems like that's Musk's big defense that like, well, well yeah. in South Africa, that's just a thing we call people. Well, no, I, well, I mean, that's kind of what, I mean, that's what kind of came to light this week, but it was very interesting that like his initial like sort of defenses against the thing was like, I'm cl- I'm either clearly joking yeah. or he like then there's like this really interesting legal question about whether or not Unsworth is a public person in the context of which the, does make a difference because the standard it's a higher is standard higher yeah you got a public figure def- like malice or uh, absolute malice or whatever the, yeah. the standard is anyway so but this this week uh, there was sort of a there was an interesting uh, through line that emerged in a new filing from Musk on Monday. Um, where instead of saying, oh, I was kidding or, uh, you know, I, th- this is obviously a joke and I don't actually mean to accuse him of being a pedophile, Musk instead pleaded ignorance about the term pedo guy. Uh, this is just something, this is just something from the filings. Uh, so Musk said pedo guy, pedo guy was, quote, a common insult used in South Africa when I was growing up. Uh, he said the expression was, quote, it was synonymous with creepy old man. And used to insult someone's person, uh, like like a person's appearance and their demeanor. Um, here's a, here's a quote from the thing. He said, "I did not intend to accuse Mr. Unsworth of engaging in acts of pedophilia." Uh, in response to his insults in the CNN interview, I was I meant to insult him back by expressing my opinion that he seemed like a creepy old man. Um, that, yeah, that doesn't seem like that's going to hold up. I, I don't mean, know. I mean, creepy old man. It just uh, <laughs> okay. It's such a specific. Uh, okay. uh, it's such a specific uh, th- thing to try and and <laughs> yeah. hide behind. Here. It was like, oh, I mean, I heard someone say "pedo guy" once when I was a kid in South Africa, and that's just <laughs> what I call people now when they've upset me. I just, oh, I mean, how many times do we have to be on this podcast saying <laughs> just don't don't tweet? Yeah, just I know. Well, yeah, that. Tweet. I mean, that's that's a tautology at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, uh, it's it's an interesting case. We'll see how it goes. It is funny to me. I was like I said, I was going through the filings in the margins of the filings beyond the question of whether or not he defamed him by calling yeah. him "pedo guy." They're also still like uh, accusing each other of not actually helping out in the rescue effort. Right. That much. It's they're, like really funny. Fundamental like, dispute. You know, I still, I still, I was doing a lot of help. I was on the site uh, and stuff like that. So yeah, it's just kind of funny that it grew out of this pretty serious thing, and now here we are litigating um, the the this sort of reasonable level of knowledge someone should have about the term pedo guy. So oh, stay tuned to that don't one. Don't tweet Elon Musk. Yeah, or anyone. <laughs> Bonkers. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm I'm proud of a few things in my professional life, but saying pedo guy into a microphone like nine times and getting paid for it was pretty cool. You said it so many <laughs> times that it felt like it's like it ba- you remember like like search engine optimization where yeah. somebody would just say something fifty times in a blog post. Oh, like sure. it felt it felt like we were looking to like like really just if anyone Googled pedo guy, well, you wanted them we to just want to prove with yeah. this show that no, Alex just really thought the story was funny. And I mean it is. It's just such a crazy thing to argue over, especially coming out of what was actually a tragedy, a big story, yeah. it just spiraled into something so weird. Uh, so we got an, we got an, uh, an update on this one as well, um, and we are going to trial. Uh, oh. This was this was sort Great. of and this was this was in question when we were talking when you heard us talking about it just there. Um, literally just last week, the judge that was hearing the case denied Musk's uh, bid for summary judgment and sort of kept them on course for a trial that's going to start uh, very soon on on December third. Um, as I hinted at in the in the clip. 
Musk is now sort of centered on this idea that Unsworth is what the, the legal term is a limited purpose public person, meaning like he became public in the context of this one thing being the, okay. the cave rescue. Um, the judge didn't really buy that. He said um, that, you know, to the extent that you're commenting on his you know public nature, the tweets were so out of left field and had nothing to do with the circumstances of his notoriety that it doesn't really, it's certainly not enough to, to dismiss the case, which is what he was looking to do. The quote uh, from the judge um, denying the motion was... Uh, the, uh, the judge wrote, there is absolutely no relationship between any aspect of the rescue or subs and alleged pedophilia. Even if defendant's motivation was a public controversy, it does not give defendant permission to attack the plaintiff on a wholly unrelated subject. So, uh, look, we said pedo guy. A lot of people are going to say pedo guy in this California federal court uh, at trial. It's going to be up to a jury to decide, I suppose. You know, I feel like in we, we we obviously make like a lot of uh, uh, you know cultural references in in the course of recording this show, particularly mm-hmm. during offbeat segments. I feel like because we're a little looser, and you know, a few movies came up, Field of Dreams came up, yep. uh, 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 coming to coming America. to America came up. Yeah, uh, is there is there a Thanksgiving film like what it? You know, the Christmas movies are such a big thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, planes, Trains, and Automobiles, I guess, planes, is trains, the automobiles. canonical. Yeah. It's usually the go-to one. Also, uh, the Woody Allen movie, Hannah and Her Sisters, mm. begins and ends at Thanksgiving parties. Oh. In between, it's not really a Thanksgiving movie, but it's sort of a framing device. Yeah. And other than that, I mean, there's... Uh, it's just strange, like the disparity between how many Christmas movies, like Christmas movies is yeah. like, there's the Christmas movie industrial complex it's, it's, it's at this industry. point. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's um, there's so little with Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't I know. feel like it's the classic, like Halloween gets a lot of play, and Christmas gets a lot of play, and Thanksgiving just gets, like, they, it merges together. Like, maybe right after Halloween, too busy, you start watching Christmas movies. People basically. are too busy eating to make, uh, to make a film. And maybe that's so. what people like about Thanksgiving, that it doesn't really have any sort of, like, ideology, or it doesn't really have any sort of, like, the all the trappings and the cultural stuff. It's yeah, just right. like, you it's just... It's just giving thanks right. and, and being with people right and i do want to end the show by saying the thing i'm most thankful for here at work is you guys here in this room oh my two man we gotta do it every year with this we Thank have you. to i can't help it i get that warm thanksgiving feeling but yeah. also our two awesome producers kelly marcano and steven trader who are in the room with us i love all of you guys um and i also want to give a big thanks just to our newsroom as a whole mm-hmm. i think it's we we Thank contributing reporters every week, but there's a lot more people working here very hard to give us great material to work with on the show. So that's everybody from people that are gathering the news, our news assistants, all the way up to the managers that assign the stories, the editors that do the great editing, and of course all the reporters. So thanks everybody. This is an audio format, but what you guys can't so what you guys can't see is that Alex and I are both lightly weeping. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, I actually gotta get out of here. Uh, this is this is rough. Uh, thank you, Amber. Yeah, it's nice. It was a good year, and uh, yeah, I'm thankful for you guys and uh, thankful for many more of music for the show comes from silent partner and little glass men if you love listening to our show especially these extra offbeat episodes check out our back catalog and everything we've talked about today on law360.com podcast And also, we'd love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find our show. Thanks, and see you again next week.